Welcome to the What's Important Now broadcast. In America today, we are witnessing a cultural shift. This is the show devoted to the battle for the soul of our country. Join our host, Tom Sears, as he explains the issues of our day and join the fight to bring values and morality back. Let's join Tom now as he shares What's Important Now. And welcome inside the program. I'm Tom Sears. Thanks for being here with us. We are, in fact, battling for the soul of this country. It's not just a cliche. It is not just a motto. It is reality. You take a look around and you can see some stuff, some stuff happening in our country. And we're going to get to it. I want to thank you for being here with us. We're going to uh, do our best to bring information that matters to you that's not only logical but rational from a Christian perspective. Of course, we care about this country. We care about what um, what happens, what is happening. And so we're going to take a look at all those things. I have some stuff for you, but before we get to that, email address, what's important now radio at gmail.com, what's important now radio at gmail.com. Mailing address, 8901 Good Hope Pike, Lost Creek, West Virginia, 263 Eight, five. Well, President Biden has been in office for a couple weeks now. And during that time, he has signed a bunch of executive orders. Now, with that said, it would be hypocritical for anyone to challenge him on that when, honestly, they didn't challenge his predecessor. Although it is true that Biden has signed more executive orders more frequently than did any president before him, the executive order has become an easy way for presidents, honestly, to get things done. And again, he's not alone. Bill Clinton signed, let's see here, 364 executive orders during his eight years in office. George W. Bush signed 291 in his two terms. And let's see here. Barack Obama signed 276. Donald Trump signed 220, and that was only one term in office. So you can see the comparison there. So to me, the issue is not about how many executive orders are being signed, but rather, should we be doing it that way? Is this the appropriate way to govern? You know, to bypass Congress and just sign away. Now, for me, the answer is unequivocally no. I believe everything should run through the congressional process. And that's not to say that there isn't a need at times for executive orders. But honestly, this is, uh, well, it's not the point of my commentary, so let me get to it. One of the executive orders that President Biden signed was to allow U.S. foreign aid to be used for abortions and to lift restrictions on abortion here at home. With a stroke of a pen, he has wiped away Donald Trump's restrictions that made abortions more difficult to obtain. So now as a country, we're not only using taxpayer money to fund abortions in our nation, but money we send, but we are also sending money to other countries to be used for the same purpose. So supporters of the president's orders will argue that when President Trump signed his executive orders in 2017, 
He not only withheld funding for abortions in other countries, but, well, they say he withheld treatment for things like HIV. He withheld money for clean water projects and child immunizations. But, you know, that's not completely true. Now, wait, I know. I know that we're supposed to believe that President Trump hates clean water. But let's fact check the fact checkers. The truth is, money would only be withheld from the groups who refused to agree that money could not be used for abortion. So, in other words, you can have the money, but you can't use it for abortions. You can use it for things like HIV treatment, water treatment, immunizations, etc. But you can't use it for abortions. You know, use the money to save lives instead of taking them. Now, this is not what you will hear in the mainstream media, ladies and gentlemen. They will paint it as an example of how Republicans want people to die of AIDS, all the while dehydrating because they have no clean water. President Trump's executive orders to withhold money was about saving lives, not ending them. President Biden, however is calling his executive orders the reverse of Trump's, quote, attack on women's health access, end of quote. Let me state very clearly. Abortion, it is not health care. Let's get that out of the way. For many years, the abortion debate centered around whether or not the baby was a living being capable of feeling things like pain or emotion. What we know now that, that is, as technology has increased, things like uh, 3D imaging and things like that, it's clear that the baby not only feels pain, but does everything that it can to try to avoid the instruments that, des- that is designed to take its life. Now, it's merely about choice, not the babies, of course. It's already been proven that a very small amount of abortions are performed to protect the life of the mother. So if not to protect the mother, what are they for? Choice. You know, things like, I'm not ready to have a child yet. I can't provide for them. Well, they may have a health issue. And the list goes on. The point is that abortions are being used as birth control. Statistically speaking, the amount of abortions performed, not only for uh, to save a mother's life, but for incest and rape, they're the number is very small. So, for all the government funding that has been poured into providing to teach children sex education, well, it's clear. Many are failing the test. Now, listen, I'm just a simple man. But if you can't afford to take care of a baby then do not partake in the activities that could cause pregnancy. I know I'm being irrational, right? Not in today's world. That is such a foreign thought. But to to me, it's really simple. And if you do get pregnant, the solution is not to take the child's life just because you couldn't control your passions. Rather, allow a family that wants a child but maybe can't have a child, give them the opportunity to raise a child through adoption. Listen, folks, in America, we have 
become very good at devaluing life. Now, I know, I know, I'm taking this way too serious. Just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, COVID-19 was not the number one killer in 2020. Abortion was. I mean, everyone is running around trying to keep from getting this virus. They're taking every precaution. All scientists and doctors are telling us that it's better to stay at home, to remain socially distanced. But if you must go out, if you must go out, then put on a mask or two or three. Well, again, just a simple man speaking here. The best way to keep from having a child is to practice abstinence. It's almost a bad word anymore. But if you can't control your passions and you must partake, which, by the way, abstinence is social distance anyway. Well, if you must partake, then much like the people wearing a mask, well, I think you understand. I'll move on. The troubling issue here is that sacrificing our children on the altar of selfishness, it's not a new thing. Child sacrifice can even be found in the Bible. Now, I know some of you are going to say abortion is not child sacrifice. Well, let me say that it absolutely is. Science and medicine have already proven that what the Bible's been declaring for thousands of years, and that is that life begins at conception. So to take that life, well, you get it. Premature babies, by the way, as young as 20 weeks, are being born and surviving. Yet some of our leaders, they're opposed to protecting a baby that's born after a failed abortion. Nah, throw them in the trash can. Go on about your day. That's their mentality. But in the Bible, we find that Abraham moves to Canaan after heeding God's voice. Now, this is recorded in Genesis 12. And we know that human sacrifice was, well, it wasn't common in Ur, where he's from, but it was pretty common in the land, his new land. And we'll get back to that in a moment. We're introduced to Molech in Leviticus 18.21. We hear about this God, Molech, and God tells his people expressly. This is when Joshua, you know, they're about to go to the promised land. He says, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech. And so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. So what was Molech worship? Well, ancient history, as you know, can be a bit challenging to sift through sometimes. The truth is, we don't really know the origin of Molech uh, or the worship of Molech, although we do believe that it began with the Phoenicians. Molech means king in Hebrew. The children of Israel would often combine the name of false gods with vows, and such is the case here. MLK from the Phoenicians plus Molech plus the vowel Bosheth, which means shame, gets us to Molech, which is translated to us as meaning the shameful king of sacrifice. Now, the Phoenicians, they were in Canaan from around 1550 to 300 BC. They worshipped Molech, and, and the worship included things like sexual rituals and child sacrifice. Let me pause for a moment. Because everything in American society is geared towards sex. Everything. Children are exposed to it at younger ages. Commercials on TV promote it. 
And by the way, they promote it while selling some of the simplest of items. Really no purpose for it whatsoever. It's everywhere. It could be argued that America is practicing some of its own rituals. Regardless, we know that all of this is exposing our country, exposing our children, and it's changing us, hands down. But Molech worship included child sacrifice known as passing children through the fire. We know that the firstborn was often sacrificed by placing the child on the outstretched arms of a statue or placing them in the hole of the abdomen of the statue. A fire was lit and the child was burned alive. By sacrificing their firstborn, they believed that Molech would then give them financial prosperity and, well, future children. Ladies and gentlemen, many abortions today are performed because the mother has decided that the baby will bring a financial hardship. Thus, the child is sacrificed to the God of self. Quit calling it a medical procedure. You don't get to call it a medical procedure when abortion, abortion is seldom done to save the mother. Statistically, it seldom happens. For instance... One study conducted in Florida states that only 0.27% of abortions are to save the mother's life. Now, in that same study, the number one reason that women obtained an abortion, they were given a form, had to fill it out. The number one reason was, quote, no reason. End of quote. <laughs> that accounted for 75% of abortions. Now, again, this is after having the form and having the opportunity to check things off like rape, fetal abnormality, women's health threatened by pregnancy, women's psychological health threatened by pregnancy was also on there, and you could click social or economic hardships. But rather, 75% said no reason. Now, what this means is that they either didn't want to say what the reason was, or they just was ending the life out of convenience. Let's go back to Abraham. Abraham moves into this place where child sacrifice is pretty normal. And guess what God then asked him to do? God told him, take Isaac and sacrifice him. Now, we know that unlike those worshiping Molech, God hated the shedding of innocent blood and God spared Isaac's life. That's to sum up the story. You know that. And it provided us a glimpse of what God was going to do for us. He was going to provide a sacrifice for us. Now, let's fast forward to Joshua some 500 years after Abraham. Now, Joshua, again, is leading the people into the promised land. And before stepping into the promised land, God warned them to stay away from Molech worship. I quoted that scripture earlier. He not only said to stay away from it, but he told them to destroy it. Now, the Bible tells us that they didn't listen. Molech worship was incorporated into their worship of God. When I think of the parallel that uh, this has with America today, honestly, it causes me to pause. Abortion is mostly mainstream now. Fewer and fewer people are disgusted by it. More and more people approve of it. And fewer look at it as a moral issue. Let's be honest. Church-going folk 
set in churches every single week, worshiping God while supporting abortion. Now, our president currently is one of those individuals. Why? The truth is, the reason why people don't look at it as a big deal anymore is because as a public, we have been fighting this issue and the the ammunition of the other side is to lie, to tell things that aren't true. That's fact. And it's been told so well, the lies have been told so well and promoted to the masses that people believe it. Now, I don't have time. I've done it previously, and at some point I'll do it again, but I don't have time to break down the origins of the abortion movement in America. And by the way, the world. But just an overview, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was a racist. And yet she, uh, she admired and was admired by Adolf Hitler. They had correspondence. I should give you a hint as to what's happening here. But America's been duped. Scientists, you know, doctors have come out and, and, and lied to us for many, many years. And we've believed it. And, and, and by the way, speaking of America, we were, notice the word were, the light of the world. We were the city on the hill shining bright. You know, if America's policies said it was wrong, a lot of the rest of the world followed that. If we said it was right, well, the world followed it. You know, what we're saying to the world now is it's not only, okay, again, thinking of Biden's, President Biden's executive order, it's not only okay to kill your children, but here's some money to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, God will not turn his head from this. We can live in our pipe dreams. Let me just get this off my chest. We can live in our pipe dreams thinking and saying things like, well, America has evangelized the world. God won't judge us. He'll honor us. <laughs> we can say he's going to honor us for what we've done for the world. But listen, read your Bible. His own people turned and trouble came. The same thing is happening in America. There will always be a wage for sin. The payday's coming. So cut me out of your escapism, your unbiblical mumbo-jumbo, because we are witnessing evil in this nation, and there is no doubt we are going to pay a price for it, period. Now, when we look back to God's word, we see that Solomon, the wise king, was pulled into false worship. We can read about that in 2 Kings, specifically chapter 23, verse 10. Molech worship was a mainstay really until the Babylonian captivity. The spreading or the dispersing of the children of Israel, it seemed to purge the world of Molech worship. And then enter the United States of America. No, no, we don't have a big statue with a burning fire. We don't have ritualistic, extravagant festivals. But rather, what we do have is we have those who took the Hippocratic Oath. You know, the one that states first, do no harm. They're the ones performing these acts. 
And you and I, well, we're forced to help pay for them. Listen, all the confusion, all the distress, all the bickering, all the fighting that you see happening in Washington today is a direct result of sin. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. God can't bless sin. He hates it. The Bible is very clear on this. How can we expect blessing when we support and promote such wickedness? Now, if you don't see the systematic dissection of innocent children in the womb as wickedness, well, your moral compass is broke. I really don't know what to say to you. But here's what I will say. I will stand up and fight for the ones that can't stand and fight for themselves. That's what this battle for the soul of America is all about. I'm going to take a quick break. I've got a little bit more I want to talk about. When I return, we're going to take a look at the economy and where we may be headed as a country. But during the break, I want to share a song with you. I don't normally do this. Within the last year, my daughter has written a bunch of songs. She wrote one recently called Choice to Live, and it confronts the abortion issue. It's a powerful song, and I believe that after you hear it, it's going to have the same impact on you that it has had on me. She tells the story that this is one of the fastest songs that she has ever written. She wrote it in under five minutes and says that she sat down and prayed and asked for the words, and choice to live is the result. She hasn't recorded it yet. It's not on an album yet, but I felt led to share it with you today. So I recorded her in studio so that you could hear it. She does have an album released already with 12 original songs. It's called Near, and you can find it on all of your favorite music streaming sites under Brianna Megan. This is Choice to Live. so quick, gone so fast, I have left in an instant, the safest place becomes my dangerous place, and I feel like I'm drowning, come rescue me, my silent scream, you can't hear, what could I have done so wrong to live in fear, and I know it's hard for Just so small, my own. Can you please listen to me?
Megan, very proud of her, very powerful song, Choice to Live, and it really does speak to, oh, it just, it speaks to so much. I, I, uh, the first time I heard it, I just was like, wow. So, um, everyone seems to have a choice in this whole decision-making process, but the, the baby. And so, anyway. Check out Brian and Megan again on all of your streaming music sites, platforms, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the album uh, that uh, that she has already recorded is called Near, and we're hoping for future projects here soon. So let's talk. Let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about the economy or what's left of it and where we're headed, um, ladies and gentlemen. I if 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 you were to ask me, you know, privately, and 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 I think you'll find with me for those who know me that if you know, if I say, if I say it privately, I'm probably just going to say it on my program. I'm pretty, I don't know, I'm pretty out there. I kind of say what I think. Um, I think we're in deep trouble. I think our economy is in deep, deep trouble. And I hate to be so gloomy, but I do. You know, President Biden is proposing this $15 an hour uh, minimum wage hike across the country. And he originally packaged it into the coronavirus stimulus, stimulus but uh it never made its way there, I guess, as a compromise. But it's not going to go away. Let me tell you what a $15 an hour minimum wage is going to do. It sounds great. Everybody's like, oh, I want, 15, oh, you know, I want $15 an hour. That's everybody. So that, that means all of, every job, minimum wage is $15 an hour. It's going to put small businesses out. That'll be the first thing that happens. Everybody that's saying, well, I'd love to make $15 an hour, they're probably going to end up in the unemployment line because businesses are just not going to be able to maintain this. Furthermore, prices are going to go through the roof because there's just no other way to compensate for it. They're going to pass it on to the customer. It's much like the Obamacare debacle that was rolled out and you had to give health care for, you know, if they worked so many hours. And so what happened? People started getting laid off or they started cutting hours to compensate so they can, you know, survive that mentality. But anyway, uh, it's a dangerous game to play. Add that with, you know, getting rid of all this debt for college students and spending all this money now, sending it around the world instead of here at home. And there's just so many things that we're, we're headed for trouble. Yeah, and and I, I thought it was telling that President Biden stepped out this past week and said, listen, we're headed for trouble in the economy. He's 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 
projecting it. He's predicting it. Of course, the blame is going to go to President Trump, but President Trump's not the one that shut down the Keystone Pipeline and put people out of work. And well, the list goes on, doesn't it? But the economy's in trouble. I think that we, the church, better get ready. We better buckle up. We better pray. We better get close to God. And um, I feel very confident in saying that because people are going to need us and we're going to need God. I believe that. I'm out of time. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Uh, I cannot stress the importance of making sure you're subscribed on one of our podcast platforms because I'm going to drop stuff that's never going to make it to FM radio. So if you're listening on FM, make sure you go right now, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever, wherever, Spreaker, Podpoint, go to one of them. We're on all of them and subscribe. That way that you're up to date on what's happening with what's important now. All right, as always, I want to encourage you to fight the good fight of faith, to contend for the faith. There is a cause. It does matter, and it is important now. Our mailing address is 8901 Good Hope Pike, Lost Creek, West Virginia, 26385. And our email address is what's important now, radio at gmail.com. We would love for you to help support this program, help us get in more ears across this country. I think it's really important. We are battling for the soul of America. We'll you join us. Well, I'm Tom Sears. This has been What's Important Now. May God bless you. May he keep you. Until next time, take care.